Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hello, welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. It's Lizzie here, mom of four kids. And today I have a really big treat of an episode for you. This is something I've wanted to record for a long time. So hello to the partners, to the husbands out there. I wanted to put together an episode for you because I just witnessed my husband support me. We, as in my husband, my baby, and I, my whole family, we are all eight weeks postpartum today. And so I have a very sharp, crisp perspective on how you can help your wife and just some things from the inside out that I can tell you that will help you navigate the tricky and intense emotional landscape that is postpartum. So I hope this is quick to the point and really, really, really helpful for you. Again, my name is Lizzie. It's so nice to meet you. I'm honored you're listening. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Right. So good to be here with you guys. I noticed that my voice is a little bit firmer. Like I'm imagining a bunch of masculine energy out there listening to my show today. <laughs> and I think my, I'm like showing up for you guys. Actually, I grew up with four brothers, so I know how to talk to the masculine. So what's up guys? Thanks for being here with me today. I want to take just a brief minute and take a look at my qualifications or kind of my background. I am a certified postpartum life coach. I was certified back in 2018, so I've been doing this for about five years. It was through the life coach school with Brooke Castillo. And personally, that is, she's one of my favorite, favorite all-time mentors. She's an incredible um, teacher, and I feel honored that I was able to certify there. It feels like the Harvard of life coach schools. I wanted to get a master's in marriage and family therapy um, before I had kids, and then I decided I wanted to start my family, and then it was through my own really, really intense postpartum anxiety and depression after my second baby, and then again after my third baby, and some incredibly scary birth trauma with my first baby 
that I was called to this work. So I found this vocation through my own experience. And then I've gone on to essentially make myself into an uncertified therapist. So I take a lot of therapeutic approaches, but then I, my background educationally is coaching. I mean, I do have a background in a bachelor's in family life and human development, family studies, but my approach is really holistic and it's very, very specialized to postpartum. And it, like I said, it was born out of my own experience. So I feel like right there, that sets me apart amongst a lot of therapists and stuff because I've actually been through it. I didn't just study it. So I know some of the research, but I also know what it feels like. And so the way that I communicate to women tends to really resonate. And also the trust that I have with them runs really deep because they know that I've walked in the darkness that they're in. And I think that's just so, so, so special. I've also just recently, like I said, I'm eight weeks postpartum. I've witnessed my husband walk through his own darkness of being the husband of a postpartum woman and being postpartum. Like partners are postpartum too, friends. Partners are postpartum. The whole family is postpartum, not just the woman. And so in this episode, I want to help you share the burden with her, but also make sure that you're staying afloat and also helping you have some ideas of ways that you can connect with her and help her feel your love, even when things might feel really different in your relationship, right? I think that's the hardest part for me about postpartum is the relationship that I put so much responsibility on, right? I put so much responsibility on the connection that I have with my husband and that connection always gets rocked every time we have a baby. And it's not because we're not tight and it's not because having a baby is a bad thing. It's just the nature of postpartum. It's a huge transition every time. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. And while there are beautiful, joyous things, you guys know it can be extremely challenging, or maybe you don't know, maybe, maybe you're listening to this preemptively. And if so, kudos to you. That's awesome. All right. Number one, don't feel bad or like you're not enough. If you don't understand or, or can't seem to be doing anything right by your wife or partner, um, or if you just don't feel like you're able to reach her or help her, there is an intense internal landscape change. In fact, Women who have a child, whether for the first time or whatever number of child it is, whether it's multiples or a singleton, women basically have a whole new part of themselves, especially with that first baby, a whole new part of themselves, meaning in their psyche, there's like a new voice in their head, if you will. Okay. And it's the mother voice. And depending on how their transition from maiden, which is a woman who doesn't have a child, I guess that's what a maiden would be to mother when she bears a child, when she carries the title. I think there's women who have mother energy, even if they don't actually have children of their own, but that's a whole different story. Um, this is a huge transition. And when she makes that transition, it, it, it literally is like, she has another voice in her head and that voice has demands and has worries and has a role, so many roles that we are taught socially that they're supposed to play. And this can really, when she's, as she's learning to balance this voice and get to know this voice and do what it says and fulfill this, this thing, this role, this duty, this obligation, this dream, whatever, this relationship of mother, it can really throw some of her past relationships and past identities into imbalance. So whether that's girlfriend or whether that's wife or whether that's sister, you might notice that she has a hard time showing up the same way she did before in other relationships. And that is to be expected. Um, and so just, again, don't feel bad if you're not able, if you tell her you love her and she just still isn't loving herself, 
that's her job. She's got a lot of internal work going on and just know that, um, your number one role is to let her know she's loved by you no matter what, no matter how much she's changing, no matter how much her body looks different, no matter how difficult she finds it to want to connect with you or to want to, I don't know, whatever it is that she's loved no matter what. And so dig deep within you. That is something that you as her romantic partner can give her that means something and it feels special in a way that nobody else can give that to her. Okay. So that's the first thing. Um, and the second thing I wanted to say is that if she's really critical on herself, don't reinforce this behavior by doing the work of like reasoning with this self-criticism. So let me give you an example. I, this postpartum, I've had, I've gained quite a bit of weight, like both in my pregnancy and postpartum, but mostly my pregnancy, I should say. And I've had a hard time. This is my work. I've had a hard time accepting my body where it is right now, as far as how much extra body weight and the shape of it and the look of it, et cetera. And I've voiced this because it's going on in my mind, right? A lot. And so I voice this to my husband every now and then. And reinforcing this for me would, would look like giving me a lot of attention for that. And so you can do whatever you want, by the way, don't do it the way I'm saying to do it. If it doesn't feel right to you, do whatever feels right to you for sure. I just want to offer that it might not be helpful for her in the long run. If her husband or her partner is kind of doling out tons of sympathy and whatever, every time she feels bad about herself, because then one of the ways that she's learned to get affection from you and love and attention and connection from you is by putting herself down. So you want to make sure that when she's being strong and independent, that's when you're making an extra effort to notice that in her. It's just like with children, negative, you know, reinforcement, like, Hey, stop doing that. Hey, stop. Right. Negative attention is still attention. So it's not like you need to ignore her when she's struggling. I'm definitely not saying like, oh yeah, definitely don't talk to her and walk away. This isn't like ABA, some sort of really intense therapy I'm suggesting. I'm just saying that it would be helpful to her if you could notice when she is loving herself and praise her for that. When she is being strong and independent, not not that she's weak if she's not being independent and needs your help, but just try to reinforce the behaviors that you know will be healthy and help her. And again, you don't have to, no pressure here. You don't have to make sure you're doing that all the time. It's not like you need to be responsible for monitoring her behavior by any means, but you have a certain power and influence because of the way she's given her heart to you. And so take that into consideration at her most, one of her most vulnerable times of her life, which is postpartum, physically vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable. You can use the power that you have of her love for you to strengthen her. And that's what I'm offering that you could do. That's something only you can do in the way that you can do it. And we need you to do that. So keep that in mind. All right. Number three, recognize your own emotional limits Okay. This is a really challenging time, especially if you're not getting good sleep. And when I say good sleep, I mean six and a half 
or seven hours per 24 hours is what you and your wife or partner should be shooting for. You don't want to get less than 6.5 hours per 24 hours. And the older you are and the more birth trauma there was and the more babies you had at once, like triplets or, or twins, the more that number needs to actually go up. So that might be more like seven, eight, nine hours per 24 hours, depending on, again, your age and um, how the physical recovery was. If there was an emergency C-section, that's going to be any type of unforeseen surgery or even planned C-section. C-sections are just extra hard for your body to recover from. Um, If there was any hemorrhaging, things like that. So it needs to be even more. But yeah, recognize if you're having intru- if she's having intrusive thoughts first. Let's start with her. If she's having intrusive thoughts and she's not caring for herself, and if you're concerned, make sure that you're getting help and mentorship for you so that you can know what to do for her. And also because if she's not doing well, you need to make sure you are if you have older kids to be supporting and a baby to be supporting, right? One of you needs to be at least somewhat emotionally stable to be able to reach out and get help, etc. Talk openly with her about um, about how her behaviors are and how her intrusive thoughts are, how her anxiety levels are, her depressiveness. Talk with her openly about these. Keep communication going. And I know it can be uncomfortable, but it's so important so that you can be a safe place for her to let you know what's really going on in her mind. And don't be afraid to be like, but really, are you okay? Now, she might want to protect you. And that's something else I'm going to say later on. So just keep that in mind, but um, you can still ask her anyway. If that's not your cup of tea, then encourage her and be open to supporting her financially through getting help having somebody who is comfortable hearing what's really going on in her mind, right? It's, it's not a problem if her big intense emotions of postpartum are making you feel uncomfortable, do your best for sure. But also it's okay. If you say, you know what, I think the best thing for you is to have somebody who can really understand what you're going through. And that can be just fine too. Some partners are more comfortable with emotions and talking about emotions than others. And there's no need to like be critical on yourself on that. Just make sure she does have emotional support in the way that she's needing it. And if you feel like she's not sharing everything with you, then definitely encourage her. Don't be offended. Just be like, all right, well, where can you drop all of this that you need to talk through and who can, who do you feel comfortable with? All right. And then the last thing I wanted to say with, um, your own emotional limits is, and her emotional limits is Remember not to talk about what's feeling really crappy, like in the moment. So yeah, talk openly with her about it. But if she's having a really, really horrible hour of her day because she's just super sleep deprived and she's very emotional, maybe take a mental note and come back to that subject and talk to her about it when she has had a little bit more sleep and a little bit of food and some water and some rest, etc. Okay. So choose your moments wisely or else. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So kind of kidding. (laughs) I can think of multiple occasions where my husband would be like, yes, that is definitely good advice. I should have done that. (laughs) So it is actually really important because just the physical demands on everyone, honestly, but especially that mama, especially if she's nursing are incredible and very large. So keep that in mind. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, the next one, what are we, number four now? Um, I want to teach you about, maybe you already know about this, but executive functioning. Executive functioning is the ability to think about your day, to organize your day, to take care of yourself, personal hygiene. Executive functioning can really take a dive when we're in a trauma response. That just means when our nervous system is activated, which just means like our cortisol and basically in big life transitions, let's say you just moved to a new house or you just, um, you got a new job. Our nervous systems can kind of get activated in order to help us be really sharp and focused and we might have more stress and it can be even healthy in some ways, but postpartum, if it doesn't get calmed back down after the first couple of weeks or so, it can really start to wear on those hormones and create a lot of fatigue, adrenal fatigue. It can create some depressiveness or some anxiousness or a little bit of both. So I want you to know that if you notice that she's having a hard time, like a really hard time taking care of herself, even taking care of the baby, doing the basics, this could be a struggle with her executive functioning. And this just means that she might be dysregulated. That just means that her nervous system might have gone up and gotten activated in the huge stress of the transition, especially if she had birth trauma and it might not have been able to come back down yet. She might not be feeling safe, whether subconsciously or consciously to some degree in this new role or in this challenging transitional time. And if that's the case, she might need therapy. She might need support. She might need coaching. She might need help getting into her body. Um, I definitely do want to say that if, and when she works with somebody to help her, like a counselor, a therapist, a life coach, you want to choose somebody who knows how to help her get into her body, not just, um, talk it out in her head. That is really valuable and it's a good start, but ultimately she's going to need to know how to regulate her nervous system. And that usually starts in the body and we bypass the thoughts and do some somatic work. Okay. So you want to get with like a body practitioner of some kind. And that is something that I do include in my coaching for sure. It's a huge part of just who I am and, and how I live and how I help mamas. It's in my three-step process. It's in my online course. You can just go to lizzylangston.com forward slash course and take a look at some of that stuff. All right. Um, number, what is it? Five. <laughs> okay. I numbered these once and then I changed them. So the numbers, I'm not even sure, but number five, I believe. Learn the basics of trauma. So we just talked about executive functioning. The reason I want you as the partner to know the basics of trauma is so that you can, and trauma is real, by the way. <laughs> I feel like I have to say that. Some people are don't really know how real it is. So when I say trauma, I basically, here's what happens, is the nervous system, that's the part of your uh, well, it is your brain's involved. It's your brain and your spinal cord and some other organs, but it's basically the part of you that is, it chooses when you can handle the intensity of emotion and when you can't. And if, if your brain decides that it's too much, you're feeling too much, let's say there's an emergency C-section that happens 
um, and your brain's like, this is too much. Have you ever seen somebody go into shock or disassociate or, um, they kind of muscle through it. And then later they have a breakdown, stuff like that. This is your nervous system. And it decides when you store emotion and when you deal with what's on your plate in that moment. And sometimes it gets stored and then you can deal with the emotion later, like in a therapy session. And all of a sudden you feel like you're there again, even though it happened two years ago, cause it's the first time you're talking about it. Right. So that's trauma. And I don't want to talk down to you guys. I don't want to assume you don't know what this is. I just want to all be on the same page. So, um, you want to be able to recognize that she might be storing emotion and there might be a need that she has to release that emotion at some point. And the way that stored emotion can bother us is that it can create pain in our bodies. It can create changes in our personality, a lot of irritability, a lot of inflexibility, a lot of anger, rage, teariness, depressiveness, anxiety. So stored emotion is often, you know, right there under the surface, but it takes the right safe space to really access it and bring it out. And I've noticed with women that it often takes somebody who's been through it and has shared openly that she's been through it. That makes a woman want to share it because what happens is, and I mentioned this earlier, but women tend to protect their husbands or their partners. They try to tend to protect them because they love them. And so they won't actually feel like they can drop the burden of their emotional baggage, whatever it is. Maybe it's the birth trauma, you know, et cetera because they have this innate sense that their partner, especially if you have older kids, one of you guys needs to be strong and stable. And so sometimes it actually does make the most sense for a postpartum woman to share her, like dump her emotional load on a therapist or on a life coach or on somebody who can understand that's not also sharing responsibility for her kids and her bills, etc. because she wants to protect the executive functioning of the person she's sharing it with. She wants to know that the person she's sharing it with isn't going to be bothered to a neg- in a negative way because of it, that it's not going to, you know, concern them that they can handle it. And sometimes that's not you. So that brings me to number six, I believe, which is that the safe place for her isn't always you. It's not that you're not a safe place. It's that it might negatively impact the whole family unit. If she chooses you to be the one that she unloads everything on, there's probably plenty she shares with you that she might never share with a life coach or a therapist or whoever she might work with to get support with her mental health. But there's also certain things that she doesn't want to share with you. And I know this because women share them with me and I promise you it's not because she doesn't love you or feel safe with you or trust you. I mean, sometimes actually that is part of the reason. Sometimes she genuinely doesn't like she loves you, but she also knows your limits emotionally and she knows what kind of freaks you out and what gets you concerned. And so she'll protect, she wants to protect you and she wants to share it with somebody that has maybe been trained to handle it or that she just feels like can handle it. And it's, again, it's not going to come at a deficit with the family. I feel like I said the same thing four times. So if you didn't get it, rewind it if you need to, but hopefully you did. Um, so don't be offended. Like if the safe, if her safe place, her choice of a safe place isn't always you, that's actually because she loves you because she's naturally going to try to protect you. Okay. Number seven is coming right up, but first a quick break. Okay. Number seven is true, 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 which is, that's not, that's just what I'm saying. It's very true. That's not the actual thing. Okay. Number seven is that connection will take more effort than normal. When you are postpartum connection between you and your partner will take more effort and there will be a lot of 
it kind of feels like if you're an airplane that's trying to land, but then you are told last minute you can't land at that airport and you have to go land at a different one. It's like what she wants to connect with you, what she's going to need might be more, a little more picky, a little more different than, than normal and vice versa. It could be the same for you. So many things change when we're not getting as much sleep as normal, when we have more demands on us as normal. And that brings me to number nine, which is about sex and sexual connection. The the connection I was talking about before is just general intimacy, emotional connection, whatever kind. It's just feeling close. But number nine is don't feel bad for wanting sex even when she's not interested or if it's difficult for you to wait then don't wait, question mark. Like maybe you guys can agree on what feels right for you guys as far as how each of you is taking care of your sexual needs or desires throughout the six weeks of waiting. Um, Or maybe it doesn't come up. Maybe you guys are both just so busy with baby. You're so happy. You're so sleep deprived. It's not even an issue, but don't be afraid to bring it up and talk about it. And then a great time to talk about it preferably is even before you are postpartum. Um, but really make sure that you carve out some conversation to address that need and thing because sex is something that you, you know, each of you is entitled to feel good about. And so it's nice to have a plan and at least bring it up. Um, also postpartum is a great time to explore non-penetrative sex, meaning no PIV penis in vagina. (laughs) Okay. So like trying other positions, trying other body parts, trying other combinations. So just keep that in mind. And when I, when I think about it that way, I feel like we explore more and we are able, it's kind of fun to be creative and see what comes up when, you know, when you're there to connect and you're there to be sexually fulfilled, it really doesn't matter exactly how it happens. And so just remembering, even if she hasn't had that six week checkup, there are still plenty of options. That being said, a really common question I get asked by women who are postpartum, especially those first six weeks, but even 12, 18 weeks after baby, they, especially first time mom, they honestly, depending on where their nervous system is, might not have any libido, like very little. And that can be really challenging for the couple, especially if before baby, there was a nice sexual rhythm going on as a couple. So that's just another reason to make sure that she has emotional support. Because I will tell you that when she has emotional support, then her physical interest comes back a lot easier. Sometimes it's not um, like a libido issue, it's actually an emotional issue. And when she can have that be resolved, when she can have a few sessions with her life coach, with her therapist, whatever, she can unburden herself. She can cry the tears and even laugh about something. She can better understand her scary thoughts. She can better move past something challenging. She can kind of get a high from that. She can feel free and that leaves her more available to her kids, more available to you. And that includes in the bedroom and emotionally in sex stuff. So something to keep in mind. Again, I'm a big fan of women having somebody that is not their partner in life to be able to just lay their burdens on. And I frankly feel so privileged and honored all of the time when couples choose me when the mamas get to do that with me. It's so amazing. I love it. I'm really good at it. And nothing they could say, frankly, freaks me out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The last perspective that I want to share here, and if this could be my one little legacy that I leave that maybe sends a ripple effect and changes the way people perceive the very interesting and challenging time of postpartum, it is that mental health is probably what is challenged the most. And when I say mental health, I'm not just talking about a diagnosis and brain chemicals. I'm actually talking about all of those internal thought and feeling processes. There is so much intensity between the low sleep and the hormones fluctuating. There are new levels of intensity um, of feeling and also of stress. And so moms tend to get out of their typical comfort zones as far as like how confident they are and how able they are to do things, especially first time moms. Um, although each baby brings its own challenges. And so even if you have had two or three kids, sometimes how your birth went or, you know, your baby's colicky stuff like that can really challenge you and make you feel like it is your first time, even if it's not. And so anyway, the mental health of a woman needs to be the number one priority. And it is my honest opinion, having gone through four postpartums myself, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a life coach, because remember, before I was a life coach, I was a mom who had to give her children to her in-laws for like a week to be able to get her brain straight. We sold our house, we moved in with my in-laws, and then they kept the kids... And we went on a little trip and my whole job on that trip was to get my head straight because like to not be so depressive and anxious because I'd already tried therapy. I'd already tried antidepressants. I had tried everything the system gave and nothing was working. And it was so scary. It was humiliating. It was devastating. It was embarrassing. All all the things, but I didn't have time to be embarrassed. I just had to figure it out. Like I had to figure out how I was going to get better. And I made a deal with the universe. I was like, listen, if you guide me to a solution that will get me out of this hellhole, I'll help other moms. And the answer was a life coaching podcast. And I was like, what the H is life coaching? Life coaching? That sounds so fluffy. And honestly, some life coaching is kind of fluffy. You got to know who you're working with. And I'll say more on that in a minute. But anyway, I'm not just saying that mental health is number one investment for a postpartum woman just because I'm a life coach, because I've literally witnessed how I didn't just feel better postpartum with mental health support. I actually completely changed as a woman and was able to really emotionally mature. I tease my husband because I feel like every Mother's Day 
or I don't know, Valentine's Day when he writes me a little card with his little gift that he got me super last minute, even though I love him so much. Um, he always mentions how, like the word mature. And I think what he means, cause I've asked him what he means by that. And it's like, he just, he's like, you don't get mad over the little things anymore and you don't hold grudges and just do all those little dances that just make guys nuts. Or honestly, if somebody were to do that to me, it would make me nuts. Um, all that passive aggressive shiz, you know, that stuff fades away when somebody knows herself deeply and knows what she wants and what she needs and how to meet her own needs. And then living with her partner just becomes so much more fun. Of course, there's still issues and stuff, but anyway, and you can see how those basic skills really can be extra assets when you are postpartum extra blessings, extra helpful. Any cushion mentally and emotionally is useful during this very intense, difficult transition. Even though it's beautiful, it's wonderful. It's always intense and it's always difficult. Even my fourth one around always. And there's always unexpected stuff that happens, whether it's with the delivery or the pregnancy. In my case, both of those (laughs) and postpartum. In my case, all three of them with this one. So Research actually does show that the number one predictor of baby's adjustment is her mother's mental health. So if that's not saying something, and I heard that from Dr. Sonal Patel, who is a pediatrician and she's the daughter of an OBGYN. And, um, this is, this is real stuff. So yeah, mental health. Now, when it comes to investing in mental health, and this will be the last thing I share, I just want you to know You want to look for someone, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a life coach or whatever other modality. I mean, those are the two that social worker, I guess, counselor, you want to look for somebody. This is my opinion. Okay. I've, I've actually had bad experiences with coaches and I've had not good experiences with therapists. I've had great experience with therapists, great experience with coaches. I've been doing my own healing work, spending thousands of dollars here and there, you know, or hundreds here and there, just depending on what I was investing in. Cause I've done like business coaching as well. Um, over the last five years. And I will tell you, you want to find the people who are doing the work themselves. They're not just sitting pretty, really comfortable raking it in and kind of like over it. And it's just like a vocation for them. You want somebody who genuinely feels like it's a life calling, who probably would be doing it for free to some extent if they weren't making money because they love it that much. And who could talk all day about healing because it's genuinely of interest to them at their core, at their center. That's who you want. And then on top of that, you want to look for how do they approach the problems that your wife is struggling with or you, if you're hiring somebody, um, what's their approach? How would they describe their approach? What kinds of tools do they use? Um, how would they describe their brand? You don't need to like interview them. Don't, don't be weird, but you know, I mean, but if you need to, if that will help you definitely ask questions. This is why I offer free consults with people when I'm doing the private coaching is because I want to really be able to attend to any hesitations. And I want to make sure that the investment feels amazing and that you feel so sure when you're signing up with me that you're going to get what you're there to get, as long as, of course, you're willing and prepared to do the work. So a couple of things about the way I work with women. I have an online course. I have online courses. And then I also offer the private coaching. And I also have um, groups that I'm kind of forming right now as well. 
whether it's Marco Polo groups or whatever, but the private coaching, what I think it kind of is different that I think is really important for postpartum women is that they have somebody to kind of reach out to in between their weekly coaching sessions. And so I offer Voxer coaching. Voxer is just a remote walkie talkie texting and voice messaging app. And I'm not on call, but I usually get back to you within a couple days, which is obviously quicker than seven days between sessions. So we do weekly 45 minute sessions and then we do the boxer coaching in between. And that way you have some support. And a lot of it's honestly mentoring and also emotional, emotional processing. So it's not all just coaching and, Oh, why do you think that? And what do you, how do you think you could change that thought? It's very much more, it's postpartum. So it's gentle and it's delicate and we're, taking things slow when we need to and only going deep when we're ready. And often we process emotion before we really pick at something thoughts wise. So it's beautiful. I have a three-step process that's calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life. And I really feel like I break things down for moms. So more on that on my website, lizzielangston.com. I'm not going to go on and on, but you get the idea. I can help your people. I just love the partners of my mamas and I only really have experience with husbands at this point. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you guys who are listening. Thank you for supporting the mama in your life. She deserves it. And also you deserve support. Make sure you're getting support for yourself. Be sure to share this with any other friends or family who might be in need of this episode. You can go to lizzielangston.com, check out my free resources. All those links are in the show notes. See you next time. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.